Hi, welcome to 52 and 52. I'm Anthony. And I'm Josh. And uh, we're coming back to you after a little break with a podcast episode about Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Uh, so I think what we're going to do is we're going to just start off with general thoughts and stuff, and then we're going to go ahead and do spoilers. And I think most of the podcast is probably going to be spoiler heavy. So if you haven't watched the movie yet, then probably don't listen, but we'll definitely give a, a general synopsis and thoughts and everything. Um, and we'll give you guys a, a notification when the spoilers are going to come on. Um, and we'll go from there. So Josh and I are on break right now. So Josh is coming in from, from Florida and I'm in Virginia. So if there's any quality issues sounding different, that's, <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, don't worry about that. We'll be back in person next week. Um, okay. So I think I'm just going to go ahead and start. Uh, I don't really think we need to give a really a story about the force awakens because, I don't know. I just, I, I just don't think we need to do that. I, I guess what I wanted to start with is say that. And if you've seen the first of the series, then you kind of know the plot anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I guess what I wanted to start with was, I, I so I have this movie podcast right, and it's hard for me to admit this, but I never watched Star Wars until this past week. None of them. I've never watched before. Um, so I, I don't know how you can ask me how I really don't know. It's just one of those things that just never happened. Uh, my parents aren't really huge movie people, so they didn't really show me a lot of that stuff growing up. And, uh, I don't know, I guess I just avoided it. And then it kind of becomes that pop culture thing where you just kind of keep avoiding it and keep avoiding and keep avoiding it. And, um, uh, but I'm, I'm glad I watched it. So I marathoned them last, last week with my buddy. And so I actually watched force awakens before i started the marathon and then i watched the movies after and then i saw force awakens again um and the reason i did that was because this movie is i think joshua degree is essentially a reboot of the franchise so i think it's important for abrams and all of them i think for them as they want to do some fan service but at the same time i think that they want this series to be something that new people that haven't watched star wars before can watch and younger people that haven't gotten into the old Star Wars yet can watch and just start over kind of from the beginning. So I think I, I have a little bit of interesting perspective and I just watched all of these movies back to back to back to back to back to back to back. So it's pretty fresh in my mind. I got a lot of thoughts and, and you know, I don't really haven't really nerded out uh, from it for a while, but uh, you know, I know what I'm, I know what I'm talking about now a little bit. I know what a Wookiee is now finally. And, uh, yeah, so Josh, what did you think of uh, The Force Awakens? Yeah, I had a, I had a little different relationship with it than you because I was never a massive fan. I was going to see it because it was kind of a big deal, and I watched all the movies before, but I hadn't watched any of them since the prequels, which the last of which came out when we were in early in high school, I guess. And so I had seen everything, and I knew kind of the basics, but going in, I, I didn't really know... Uh, I didn't really know it. I felt like I knew about as much as you probably did before a week ago, except I'd just seen it in the distant past. And I thought they did a fairly good job. Like maybe it, because it was kind of similar to the first one and that they were trying to kind of set the stage in a similar way. And I'm sure, I'm sure eight and nine will probably be much different than like Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. I don't think they're going to keep just doing stuff that hits the same beat quite to the extent they did in The Force Awakens. But I thought it did do a really good job of just being an entry point for anyone that just for whatever reason just happens to be coming in fresh to the Star Wars. And I went with a friend of mine, Daniel, who is a massive fan, and last night was his third time seeing it when I saw it. And so I was like, I knew that he knew this stuff really well. So I'm asking him all these questions about, hey, what do you need to fill me in on? What do I need to know so I won't be lost on anything? And he said, well, you just got to know that uh, Luke and Leia, brother and sister, Han and Leia ended up together and... Uh, yeah, you just need to kind of need to know where they ended the last, the end of episode three. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, it's not that, it's not really that big of a deal. And then the scroll at the beginning of the movie just tells you everything, pretty much. Of yeah. what sets, it sets the stage fine, and it, it drops you right in, and you don't really feel like you're missing much. And I guess there are a few more inside jokes if, that you would have caught on if you had recently the watched the service stuff. Yeah. yeah. But, like, I thought it wasn't done in a way where I'm like, wait, was that a joke that I just totally missed and I was confused or anything like that? So I thought... I wasn't lost in the plot. I felt like when I saw a few of the early reviews, they were saying, oh, it was like an incomprehensible plot or something like that. And I thought it was just, it was a rather simple plot. And yeah, it might've been a familiar plot to people that were really familiar with A New Hope, but I thought it was still really pretty easy to follow. And I just hadn't watched any of the movies in a long time. So I kind of agree that Abrams probably did a fairly good job of just 
kind of rebooting the thing, even if it might have been a little bit too familiar with some people, which is I get is, is what the biggest thing for you was when you went back and watched the first six after watching The Force Awakens was some of the similarities might have bothered you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So when I watched it at first, I thought it was, you know, I, I was like, okay, like this is Star Wars. And I thought it was a little fast paced. And my buddy was like, nah, that's just, that's just how they do it. They kind of just go scene to scene like that with these transitions and everything. Um, and then, you know, so I watched it and then I went back and the first two that I watched were New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. And I mean, I think it's pretty clear that a lot of it is just mere images from four and five combined. And especially with the, you know, with the desert and, and Jakku and Tatooine and, and Luke and, and Ray and everything. But it actually, it, it bothered me while I was watching four and five, but then when I watched it again, the second time, it didn't bother me as much. Um, I don't think the plot is incomprehensible at all. I, yeah. I definitely think that it's not that tight of a story and there's some problems for sure. Um, but as someone that isn't like the biggest Star Wars fan, I think it's easier for me to separate it as an independent movie rather than all the, the nostalgia and the feels and everything. But I guess you thought it did a fairly good job of still conveying some emotional weight uh, notwithstanding any nostalgia factor, because I, I saw you put a little bit of stuff on Twitter about that, about how you thought that you can't just judge a movie by just because it has nostalgia doesn't mean it's good, but it had good qualities and had some, and the story was moving enough maybe on its own, even if you take out the nostalgia factor that maybe you and I didn't have. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it, it the thing is, it, it's a good movie for sure. The other, the problem is that. And a lot of the things I've been reading from from diehard fans is basically that the the emotional beats and everything is it's it's the same ones that they aim for in four and five, and while that's I guess the the overwhelming consensus so far is that that's okay right now. But if eight and nine don't take it a different direction and tell their own unique stories for the new characters that we have, then it's going to be more of a problem. I think that repetition has been like super important in this saga, I guess, is what we're calling it. Not a trilogy. There's six of them um, for George Lucas and them. I, I mean, repetition, there's no doubt with the, the similarities from Anakin and Luke and with Rey in this movie. Um, so the prequels and, and those. So I just the only thing I would say is that I just think it's it hits a lot of the same emotional beats. But I think that the casting or at least the characters, the new characters are written well enough that you can enjoy it in a different way in a more modern way and i guess we'll, we'll, we'll maybe we may talk a little bit more about the actors and their performances when we get to the specific portions of the movie and we enter spoiler territory but i thought the casting was really well and just talking to my friends and reading other stuff but, and you being someone that just watched the first six do you think the acting here specifically was probably better because that's something i've kind of read is that jj abrams is just really good if nothing else at casting specific roles and really developing people and it do you did you kind of get that a little bit that maybe the acting was just on a, a little bit higher level than it was in the first six yeah i would say i mean i don't know what the i don't know what the consensus is overall yeah. but for me i think that anakin was fucking terrible um <laughs> mark hamill is so garbage and i i mean it's funny because like not watching star wars and not really knowing knowing who played luke and then going back and and looking at his page, like it's crazy that for such a popular became a movie, voice actor. Yeah, well, it's crazy that for such a big movie, this guy is not a big actor, and it, it's interesting because I mean, I I think he was bad, um, but I think part of it is the way that Luke was written written in the late seventies, early eighties, which is fine. But I mean, for me, Harrison Ford was the best part of the original three, um, and 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 Vader was was really good. Uh, James Earl Jones and David Prowse. The one thing I'll say without any spoilers is I was worried because I really hate start the new Star Trek and what they've done with it. And it's just way too corny and like way too cheesy for me. And and I think that he actually cast it pretty well overall. And I was worried that Star Wars was going to fall into that same kind of um, realm and especially with the fan servicey stuff. But it, it really didn't. It, it wasn't corny it was pretty funny overall i think oscar isaac and finn really brought a lot of a lot of uh, positivity and good energy to the movie that way and so i'll give credit to abrams and Caston for that yeah i mean i didn't realize how long he'd been around doing stuff but a show that was really big that i never watched was felicity 
Like and that started in like nineteen ninety eight when Abram was only like thirty three years old and he put our girl Carrie Russell in that and that's what put her on the map and it was really good for that show from all I understand. So he's been doing really good shows since the mid nineties and I mean say what you will about Lost, uh, people have varying opinions on it, but it was a big deal and he did really help some people break out with that too. So it's something that like I think that that shouldn't really be surprising, but it's pretty huge that he didn't pretty much get it right for the most part with this because uh these he's got two more they got two more movies to do that aren't going to be in his hands i mean i guess he'll be involved in some degree but ryan johnson's writing the next two and directing eight and colin trevorrow's doing nine so this was something that they were gonna have to, they were gonna have to work with what whoever he chose for this movie and i think he did a pretty good job yeah yeah so i guess overall i would say the movie's good it's not the best in the out of the seven um, that's, that's kind of what I was getting at on Twitter, what you mentioned earlier, just the recency bias type thing and the nostalgia type feel is, is all well and good. I mean, I love that. I love that in, in fast seven and, and, and Jurassic world and all that, but you still have to look at it independently of that, even though the previous movies, cause it's, it's basically like Jurassic world where it's a, it's a reboot, but they're also continuing on with the previous story rather than just starting over pretending the previous story didn't exist and using it as source material they're still more closely tied it's more closely tied to its source material than jurassic world was i'd say sure but i just mean in the sense that it's pushed forward 30 years yeah with the same world the same characters still exist and everything they're just pushing it forward and kind of starting over in a movie sense i probably need to go see it again too at the same time because i actually saw 3d um, oh, my, of Star Wars? Yeah. So I kinda, that's, I kinda and that's the only time you watched it was in 3D? Yeah. And it wasn't bad. I, I, I usually kind of turned my nose up at 3D, and they didn't have shit flying at your face or anything like that, which is what I was worried okay. it was going to be. I really couldn't even – after a while, you just forget that's what you're watching. So I'm curious to go back and watch it again and, and get a different experience. And once I sit with it a little longer and it's not fresh in my mind, I think it'll be – a little more fair to kind of rank it in the movies I've seen this year, but it's it's definitely up there. We'll, I mean, we'll talk about any other, any criticism I had, but I didn't have so many so much so that it, I would call it problematic compared to a lot of the other stuff I've seen this year. So that's a good way to put it. And the I guess kind of the problem with the movies in, this year has been not having problem, not being so problematic is makes it good rather than it being good makes it good. You know what I mean? There's we've watched so many bad movies this year that when we see something that's like basically normal and incomprehensible it's like oh my god yes thank you for that and it just makes you feel so much better when you watch it (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay so overall let's let's start to get into spoilers so i would say before we do that i like the i like the movie i don't think it's the best star wars movie but i would i would recommend seeing it a it was a lot of fun yeah it was definitely fun and that's all you can ask when you go to these things yeah and and you know the the whole pop culture thing i think it's important to see it and and I think you'll enjoy it, and and we'll we'll get into the casting and the spoiler stuff. But the new characters really are what pushes it forward and makes it makes it really fun. So yeah, because when you're bringing back Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher, like, you thought maybe even if they are, in, you, I think we all kind of knew, even though they kept the spoilers under wraps going in really well. I think we kind of knew that like the other people were going to be new, but you, the the other people were going to be the focus, and they were going to be more in supporting roles. But, they could have easily just stolen the show just because of the nostalgia factor we keep mentioning and just the, the star power that they already bring to the table, whereas Oscar Isaac and Adam Driver aren't unknowns at this point, but they pretty much were when they were cast at, a couple years ago. So they could have easily been overshadowed by the people that they brought back, and they weren't. And I think that's a testament to how good the new people are. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and start spoilers now. We'll give a couple seconds break. So if you guys don't want to know spoilers about Star Wars The Force Awakens and stop listening... We are going to do spoilers for Star Wars The Force Awakens, so stop listening if you haven't seen the movie. Okay, so, man, there's so much to talk about, I feel like, which is crazy to me because I knew nothing about Star Wars like five days ago, but... um, (laughs) Man, okay, so let's let's just start where where we picked where right where you left off. Were you surprised at how much Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford were A in the movie and B important to the movie? No, I was not surprised because I read that they had to delay shooting like six weeks when Harrison Ford broke his ankle. And I knew that like if he was just there for a short cameo, that wouldn't have been the case. He had to have had some he had to have been a part of several of the pivotal scenes of him getting hurt, delayed production of a $200 million budgeted movie that much, then 
he was going to be key to the plot in some way. But um, I, I and I thought Carrie Fisher obviously had a, a smaller role, but she, I mean it was still pretty cool to see Leia having that pivotal force of a role in the Resistance at this point. And I thought they both did really well. I mean, Harrison Ford, what has he what has he really done in the last twenty years? It's I mean, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull sucked. I thought he was really overrated in 42 when he played Branch Rickey. Everyone just got really excited because he was playing Branch Rickey. Um, I don't really know what else he's done, so it was really cool to see him going for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I don't really remember. I guess I don't really know the dates for a bunch of for a bunch of his movies. Maybe you're right. Um, I guess Air Force One was probably the biggest one in the last 20 years besides... Yeah, that's good. Right? I don't. I think that was '97. So. Yeah. Okay. So last 18 years, he did K19, The Widowmaker. He did a shitty Russian accent and. Cowboys uh, and Aliens Cow- is fucking Cowboys terrible. And um. Yeah, and that's Ender's Game. I kind of mailed it in there. Uh, what Lies Beneath is actually a good movie, and I hate um scary movies, but it's a pretty good horror. Okay. Movie. Did you end up going to Age of Adeline? I remember you talked about that earlier. You know, I, I didn't see it, but I heard yeah. it was just atrocious. Okay. So. so. Regardless uh, of of his so yeah, role he, that, it was really yeah. cool that he 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 decided to do this and really went and really went for it and um, tried because I can't say that about a few of the other movies I've seen him do recently um, and that was cool um, and Carrie Fisher I've seen more recently she was in Catastrophe so she's really done a lot of different cool things uh, unlike Mark Hamill if you like you're talking earlier about he never really did anything worthwhile again Carrie Fisher is in other stuff just maybe not as much but she's done some cool things since the since the original trilogy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I expected them to, like I said, play more supporting roles, but be something between feature players and cameos. And that's what they were. Yeah. I guess I was a little bit surprised at how much they were the focus of it. Um, at least the second half of the movie after the introduction of the characters, because the trailer really focuses on Finn, Poe, Ray, and Kylo, which I think is good. I think that the, it's good that the trailer focused on them and didn't try to go for Harrison Ford's going to be in the movie and Carrie Fisher's going to be in the movie. Come see it for for seeing the old people and Luke, etc. But I think that it was a good – it wasn't even fan service. It was a good way for the plot to move forward and tie the generations back from from Return of the Jedi till right now. Yeah, it made sense. It, was, it wasn't just tacked on. And... Yeah. It's a two-hour and twenty-minute movie, so I don't want to go by beat by beat. But just as as long as we're talking about them, I think we should just kind of move into some of the Kylo Ren stuff too. Okay. Um, because that that was obviously a pivotal part, and maybe one of the things I thought the movie could have done a little bit better job of. Um, I thought I thought Adam, I, I agreed with you, you, you when you texted me about it. I thought Adam Driver was amazing, but I thought because he was so amazing, especially in the scenes where he took the helmet off. Um, like his body language and everything, and it's hard to really judge the voice too much when you're going through the synthesizer, I think. And but I thought his body language and his movements combined with the voice were fine. But when he had the helmet off, I just thought he was so expressive and really good. I thought, and we we were asked to just infer so much stuff from his relationship with his parents, and I was able to do that. So it wasn't like I was totally missing part of the story. But I almost would have liked more of that stuff and a little bit, and maybe maybe just a little bit less of the stuff where. The scene we get with Han and Leia talking, I thought that dialogue was a little weak, and I would which, have liked more. Which, what are you referring to specifically when they're the saying time, that they, the first time that they lost the him, etc.? Yeah, I guess. And then the first time they they see each other after they get back to the Resistance base, and they're just kind of reminiscing and talking about how they missed each other, and uh, that's fine. I would have liked more though of them, a little more of them talking about their son. Like we could kind of put together the dots of what happened. They sent him off to have Luke teach from the Force, and then shit went south, and he blew up the whole Jedi training program and everything, but I've read some stuff where they're talking about how maybe he had an absentee father, and we were supposed to uh, think that that's what led to a lot of his problems. But I don't really, we don't, we didn't know enough about what Han was doing in the last thirty years to just be able to say, yeah, he definitely like he definitely just abandoned him straight up, and that's why he became such a messed up person and so entitled and whatever. I would have liked a little more of Adam. I, I mean, yeah, he. They, it really had that final scene where he actually does. They do come face to face together. That I'm fine with that being the first time. But I would have liked either more of Han and Leia discussing what happened with him, or maybe the scene where he, where Kylo is talking to Vader. Have that be a little longer, and maybe have him not have the mask on for that, and you can understand what he's saying a little bit better. Because I, I the first, I, I, I mean, I was paying attention. I, I kind of missed when he said, "I feel the light calling me." 
And I'm worried. I, I just missed that until my friend Daniel, like I said, he was like, oh, he told me that afterward because I heard him saying, I'm worried I won't ever be as powerful as you. And I feel like that scene, that final scene on the bridge maybe hits home a little better if you just have a better sense of what's brought him to that point and made him who he is. Like, I felt like Adam Driver is so good. I knew who Kylo Ren was. But I also think there's a little more uncertainty and suspense in that moment on the bridge at the end if, like, you're if you know a little bit more about what brought him to that point in life specifically. Okay. I mean, okay. I just, I have so many thoughts on Kylo Ren. Um, okay. Well, just talk. I love, I love, I love Kylo Ren. He's my favorite character okay. in the whole movie. Uh, I don't know if it's because it's Adam driver or what I tend to really like villains, especially when they're, they have interesting backstories. So the first thing I'll say about Kylo is that, uh, I guess it, it's hard for me to, I don't know. I have my own opinions. It's just hard for me sometimes to justify because I, I I'm so new to this and I don't really have the education background for talking so much about the Star Wars movies. But to me, Kylo was exactly what the prequels wanted Anakin to be, and this is what it should have been done and how correctly it should have been done. So that's that's the, that's the first thing. And I think so. It's interesting you brought up the mask. So my thing is when he has the mask on. I think that there's a big juxtaposition for later on when he doesn't have the mask on. I think that it's he, he as you can tell like so Darth Vader wears the mask because he needs it to stay alive, right? Mm -hmm. So Kylo doesn't need the mask and it's it's obvious, right? And mm -hmm. I think it's interesting to note if you watch it again, you'll see the difference in you already you already talked about his body language and everything, but the confidence he feels when he's wearing the mask is so much different than when he takes off the mask. And it's it's for him because it's it's evident throughout the whole movie that he's still pretty weak and that not weak as in well i guess weak minded but also like he hasn't completed his training and he still like you said has a calling to the light side and it hasn't gone fully darth vader yet and i think it's good because they didn't try to rip off darth vader as with a villain with kylo and they they kind of took it a different route and that route is is him just I just love him throwing these temper tantrums. It was so awesome to just see him. Someone like, did you get the girl? Did you get the droid? No. And he just busts out this new. Well, it's no. And then he's already really mad. And then he's like, a girl stopped us. And then that sets him off. Yeah. And it's crazy. And he just takes this lightsaber and he's just bashing up this room with it. And then you see this next scene where the same thing's happening. And these two stormtroopers are turning the corner. And then they see him just fucking shit up. And they just turn around because they don't want to deal with it. And I thought that was really good. And, and so I think if you, if you watch it again, you'll just note how much more confident as, as like a villain he seems when he has the mask on versus when he doesn't. And you could just see him kind of just being more weak. And I think it's interesting. Okay, so okay go ahead. Go ahead. That's what I was just going to say. I, I agree. And that's something I, I – it makes sense now that you say it. I wasn't even necessarily thinking about that when I was thinking about the mask during the movie. But he definitely is in a – he definitely is just more confident and much less vulnerable – when he has the mask on, and I, so, what do you think about that scene where he is like just talking to Vader's mask? Do you think he's keeping it on because he is talking to Vader there? Because that's a more vulnerable moment, and I think that might even be more powerful if he just doesn't have the mask on in that moment. But that he hadn't taken the mask off in the movie at that point either. No. And I get, I like the scene where he does take the mask off for the first time because I, I didn't know that. I didn't know in the previews you don't see Adam Driver's face, so I don't know if they're going to try and do something cr crazy with him and make him look a little weirder like Vader does under the mask. Obviously not because he didn't need it to stay alive, but I didn't know if they were just going to do anything different to make Adam Driver not look like Adam Driver. So when he takes it off and you see his hair come out and you see him, yeah. it, it, it is like, oh, wow, they're, he's really going to do this looking like himself, and that was fi that's fine. But at that, at that scene, if the scene him talking to Vader just happened after the scene with Ray. I think that might have actually made a little more sense. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm I'm having trouble putting the scene, like where where exactly the scene happened within the. It movie. was it, it was just kind of in there. It wasn't like it, I don't think there's like it might have they just went to him. Yeah, I think it would have been better if after he has trouble overpowering Ray yeah. the first time. If if he was having trouble with that, yeah, and then he still has the mask off, and then he's talking to Vader, showing that doubt, and maybe that seems like a minute longer because that was a really good scene. I mean, this is this is just a minor criticism in the whole scheme of things. I just thought that would have even shed more light onto who he was and all of the doubts he was going through in his mind the whole time, and it would have just made sense coming right after the point where he is clearly the most weakest. Sure, or sure. Feels the weakest because of what Ray does. Well, I think that going back to what you said about 
spending more time with him. I think that's true so much with, with the whole movie, though, because if anyone needs more time, it's Ray. We just don't know enough about her, especially with the way the movie ended with 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 her and Luke. Uh, there's just so much to talk about there that, that we'll get to, but I think that they're probably going to use eight to kind of go back a little bit and give us a little more backstory because Harrison, I mean, Harrison Ford is filming eight, right? So there's definitely going to be some, there's okay. definitely going to be some kind of flashback or something with Kylo. I didn't, um, I didn't know that. I, I, I just assumed that he, he was like, yeah. if I'm doing this, y'all are killing me off. Well, I, well, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's good that he died and I think it's important that he died. But I, for me, I'm assuming that there's going to be some kind of more explanation of him and then of Ray and of Finn. Um, because I think that's just important to their development, but I think we just—I think they did a really good job of giving us the sense of who they who they were and what kind of person they were, hero, villain, whatever. Without even going back too much, that first scene with Kylo was great. He comes off the ship, and you're like, okay, this is a scary dude, and and he starts messing with Max von Sydow, and then Poe, he captures Poe, and they have that that funny moment where Poe is, so do you talk first? Do I talk first? How does this work? And it was great, and and that's one of the things I need to keep reminding myself because of that that scene. That scene I just saw Oscar Isaac was so great there. And one of my things when I left the movie was like I wanted more Oscar Isaac. But then sure. more I thought about it, it's like I got to remember there's going to be two more of these, and he's definitely going to be a bigger part of the next one. So I can't get too caught up on them not giving us too much of anything. And I need to remember this is a, t- a trilogy, but it's obvious they're setting him up to be more of a Han Solo figure. And once when, when they when, when he's become just such a bigger star since they cast him, even that like of course he's going to be a bigger part of Episode Eight. Yeah. So same with the kind of thing like that. It's just I can't. I guess I can't really worry too much about these kind of things. Yeah. So and so going back to Kylo, I think that Snoke is really important when Snoke and Hux are both really important when you're talking about Kylo because Snoke we don't really know much about him, right? And there's so many things he could be. He could be he could be Palpatine, he could be the the master that Palpatine talked about who said because I remember I think it's in 5, Palpatine says, um, my, the, my master that taught me learned how to cheat people from death." I, but ironically enough, he couldn't save himself from death, right? So possible that either Palpatine was wrong and Snoke is the person who trained him and s- did save himself from death and Palpatine doesn't know, or that Palpatine is Snoke also. We don't know, but um, but it's clear that that's the person that basically turned uh, Kylo away and, and, and with the Jedi training and all that. Um and so, and then Hux, who's played by Dom Hall Gleason, yeah. which was, he was fucking awesome. Why do you make that face? So? Yeah, listen, listen, because he, this dude is, he, he plays the henchman, right? And it's, it's just such a great callback to 70s movies and 80s movies where you have these like cornball henchmen and he's just like so uptight. And the thing that's really Okay, if that's, if that's what you want from him, that's cool. I guess I'm just thinking more what of like. What did you want though? What I've seen, Donald, I just wanted him to have a little more of a personality. I didn't even think, he, I didn't even come, I, he didn't even come across as like, an archetype of those people from the 70s and 80s. It was just like, here's a dude that stick up his ass that's going to be mad every time he's on the screen. And I'm like, I've seen Dono Gleason do so much cool stuff this year. It's like, just give him a little... He needs to have like at least 50% of the personality of the guy wearing the mask, and he didn't. But, but listen, this is the thing, though. It, you'll notice like the, th- the way that Hux is says so much about kylo because hux just talks back to this dude and just doesn't give a fuck about what kylo's saying and then he he talks shit to kylo when they're both talking to snoke and he's just like well kylo over here didn't think we needed the droid because he thought he could fucking get the map from the girl this dumbass over here yeah that was and he funny. just talks down to him and and i think it's interesting because nobody would do that to vader right and so I think True. it's an important distinction how Vader just kept killing all these henchmen that messed up when they couldn't capture uh, R2-D2 or find Luke or whoever they needed to find. And he would just use the Force and choke him and kill him and next man up. But, like, that's not going to happen to Hux because Kylo just can't – he just – he doesn't have the fear instilled in this guy to do it. And I think it's interesting to see them both talking to Snoke and the different, like, juxtapositions between them and then the same juxtaposition when – uh, Kylo is talking to Snoke with his mask and without his mask. Okay, it, it, it does kind of shed a little light on uh, where Kylo's in, like how he how he maintains like a chip on his shoulder, if you will. Seeing people maybe not th- he's not thinking he gets the respect that he deserves, and Hux treating him like that maybe is a good way of showing that. 
I still think I I, th- I think he can do that and give him a little bit more personality, but it makes sense now that you put it that way. Well, the thing is, uh, we're assuming that Dom Hall doesn't die when Star Star Killer Base gets blown up, right? So Dom Hall is going to be in the next movie too. So we'll learn more about him there also, because at this point, it's basically him and Kylo are left from the from the First Order along with Snoke and whatever other um, soldiers they have around the place around the globe. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll get a more intimate. Um, dissection of Hux and Kylo in eight. Yeah, I hope so. Um, all right, so I think next we should talk about Ray because there's so much to talk about there too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Have you seen any of the the Twitter drama and all that with Ray that's been going on with her characterization and everything? I saw some people. I, I guess I saw. Listen, I already listened to one podcast about it, and I guess I saw it written about somewhere else. How people are talking about the Mary Sue complex. Yeah, yeah, and that's basically what that. I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, how did you feel about? How do you feel about that after watching the movie? So I guess for those who are listening that are haven't really read about this, I guess the I hadn't heard about this before. I, I and I wish we had Rachel here for this. I think she might know a little bit more about this. Yeah, than I, I talked. Us. I talked to her about it though. So okay, I, I, I but the Mary Sue complex, I yeah. guess, is just where you throw throw a character in there, usually female, who is put into a pre existing world and just becomes a fan girl or even I guess a fan fan boy. I guess you could put it. It could work either way. I guess, but the fan girl who's just like. Per, like doesn't have any flaws as a character and is just there to be a is a cheerleader in a way also at the same time of all the pre-existing characters that she's put around and uh, I don't know if you want to add anything to that but that's kind of been one of the criticisms about her which I think is uh, fairly off base if, if you ask me okay. I think I think the way they uh, I thought it was pretty clear just from what they said that it was just these could we've been it's been 30 years since the events of the original trilogy and it seems like that it makes sense that they would be more legends that any any one person would be a little uh intrigued by it's not like something that might i didn't get the feeling it was this kind of thing that'd just be unique to her i'm sure a lot of people throughout the galaxy probably feel the same way about all these crazy events that probably happened 30 years ago so her being kind of intrigued by just all the mythology in and of itself I didn't think it was really un uh, like a uh, like a improper way to develop her character at all. Okay, um, so I'm sort of in the middle of the whole Mary Sue thing, yeah. and ba- so basically, like Josh said, it's just a character. I think this developed from from Star Trek back in the day, where it's just a character that really has no flaws and they're perfect, and and they keep winning at things, and there's really no reason why. There's no like proper character motivation for it. It's just rather something that just happens because it happens. And and I guess after watching it a second time and thinking about it more, I definitely see where those people are coming from because the and I think that's kind of the biggest problem in the writing for this movie is is that so like when she, when she's when she's with um, Adam Driver on Starkiller Base and he's trying to like manipulate her right and and she just has no idea about the force really she doesn't know what that means she's never seen anyone use a jedi mind trick for her to use a jedi mind trick on somebody that did come out of nowhere i was thinking more about her fighting well yeah and that too so like that her, made, i thought her, it made sense that she was good at fighting well her fighting when she's when she, so she's fighting these two stormtroopers right and she just she just beats them for no reason and one of the one of the biggest so this whole discussion started because max landis you know who Max Max Landis wrote American Ultra and a bunch of other movies, um, and he came out and posted a YouTube video of him basically recording himself on a phone, sort of talking about uh, talking about her. Actually, I think it was a tweet, and then he started making videos because he was there's just so much uproar about it. And basically, what he was trying to say was, instead of her just beating the shit out of these two stormtroopers when Finn is running at her, maybe instead Finn was running at her. So the stormtroopers look at Finn, which then allows her to beat them up rather than her just beating them. The stormtroopers with no real, we have no real background of, of why she's good at fighting, why she can fly perfectly and why she can evade these, these, um, we say acknowledge that she was like, I don't even know why I can fly this. <laughs> well, yeah, but to me that, to me, that's not justification. Yeah, but then also, I mean, it's clear that she has had to like in her all in her all of her scavenging. I'm sure, sure. she's had to fight a person yeah. every now and then. She definitely has had to fly stuff. No, no, no. that's that. I mean, I'm not. And I'm then when she beat, Ky- and, and then when that. she fights Kylo at the end, at least Kylo was hurt going into that. Yeah, so I mean, that's another thing that I guess we'll just talk about it now. But Finn and her fighting Kylo with a lightsaber is just ridiculous to me. Well, it made sense. Because... I mean, Finn got his ass kicked though. Finn, Finn hit him though. Finn struck yeah. him. 
And there's just no reason for that because... He's a trained stormtrooper. 30 minutes earlier, Finn is using a lightsaber against a stormtrooper's baton and gets his ass beat. And he's going to die before uh, Harrison Ford shoots the stormtrooper for him. True. Like, these people have never used a lightsaber before. They have no fucking idea what a lightsaber before. And we can say that Kylo's hurt. And we can say that it's implied that Kylo isn't fully trained and hasn't fully committed to the dark side and all that. But relatively... Kylo's training, whatever he's had, to me is a thousand times more than what either of these two other people have had. Um, and I understand the Force, and a lot of things you can just explain away by saying it's the Force and it's Star Wars. But I, I was just a little bothered by by her and Finn, for that matter, just like being good at these things without any justification. Because we're told that Kylo is in this Jedi training, right? So he's going to be learning how to use a lightsaber. And I'm sure Snoke teaches him how to use a lightsaber, and he's clearly crafted his own lightsaber, which, as an aside, I thought was really cool that it was a different kind of lightsaber design than the other ones. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I guess that kind of bothered me a little bit more than I it did before I started thinking about it. Yeah, I, 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 it probably bothers me a little more with the Force. Um, I guess is isn't such a big part. I mean, you can say this better than me, but isn't a big part of the original movies like Luke harnessing that and figuring it out. Sure, but Luke and, but Luke knows that he's a he's a Jedi and he has Obi-Wan training him, right? And But like it takes him a while to get it, right? Exactly. Like, but that's what I'm saying. Come, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. That's what, that's I'm agreeing with you now, at least with regards to the force. It's, it's a big deal. It take he, it takes a lot of training for him to kind of master that. And unless maybe Ray's just and Ray just kind of is able to utilize it perfectly yeah. after saying the same line three times. Yeah, well, there's two things so. There's two things I want to say to that. The first is I just want to make it clear that I'm – this is in no way a male-female thing. Like, I'm really glad that there's a, a strong female character and there's – that this space fighting isn't just for dudes because of their lineage and shit. I think that's stupid. I think it's I, – I actually even think Leia is a pretty strong female character in the 70s and 80s, all things considered. Um, because she fights and she doesn't just sit there as princess and, and she goes out on these missions with Harrison and Luke and stuff. But I think this is a, a really good modernization and Ray and Daisy Ridley play this part really, really well. I just think some of the writing should have been tighter, which is what I stated at the beginning, just overall in the movie rather than just about her. But yeah. since we're talking about her, I just, the, the, the four stuff kind of bothered me. And um, so the second thing I guess I wanted to say was I think it's important to talk about uh, talk about her as a character, right? Because so we have the last scene in the movie, which to us sort of implies that she might be Luke's kid, right? That's what I got from that. Maybe. I mean, I what, guess it makes sense. What did you get from that? Because there's no, I have so I, that's many. What I, that's what, I, that's oh, what actually, I kind of got from Okay. Too. So I actually have – I actually have – I remember the second thing I was going to say. So – I'm just going to get into my crazy fan theories now because why not, right? So okay. you can – I don't know how much you've thought about it or read, but this is all I've been thinking about for the last couple of days in anticipation of this podcast. So so my – one thing that could have happened is I think A, she's there, – there's no doubt she's a Skywalker. She's either Luke's kid or she's Han and Leia's kid. I think that that's yeah. These people hold on to their fucking kids. Listen, something that like, annoys me. It's like yeah. can't one person that's like just raise their kid like a normal person. Like these people no, are like supposed to be our heroes. I get it. I guess it's just like why can't one person just raise their kid? Yeah, uh, no, I hear just you. Hold on to your goddamn kids. They're your kids. Yeah, well, like, I, that's, one, that's that's all I wanted to say. It just frustrates me. It's like I get that like she's got to be part of the family. She has the force. Yada yada yada. But it's like. Why can't one person just like ra- be raised like in a traditional nuclear family, and I don't? I, the rest <laughs> of you guys can be like single children, single fa- like single parent family or adopted or whatever. But why can't one group of parents just get it right? Well, they they tried that there with Kylo. Heroes. They tried that with Kylo, and he turned out to be Darth Vader's. Okay, so our family. heroes are shitty parents or they're absentee parents, and that's all we can have. Yeah. Okay. This is, this fine. is America in 2015, Josh. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, fine. Okay. okay. Go ahead with your theory. Sorry. Okay. I just had so, to get that so my other theory is that. Daisy Ridley or Ray rather had there's some kind of mind wipe going on here where she was at some point training with the Jedi and she learned stuff 
And then at some point her mind was wiped, which is why she can't remember anything about her family or why she got left on Jakku and why after she touches the lightsaber, she starts having these visions and maybe that, that triggers some memories and some remembrance of her being able to use these powers. Because when I'm watching, when I'm watching four and five, there's a scene where Obi-Wan uses the Jedi mind trick on stormtroopers. And that's why Luke knows that it's a thing. And then Luke goes and trains with Yoda. So, I guess for me that would be the only real explanation of why she knows how to fight with the lightsaber and why she and why sure she, she doesn't she knows sure how to use the force. Are you sure she doesn't remember anything about her family? I don't I think thought, so. I, I thought at one point there's a flashback where it looks like her family's being taken away from her. Yeah, but that's in her that's when she's like remembering things. Yeah, so she does remember them. Well, but not but not really. I mean she doesn't know though, right? Because it happened when she was little. So so here's the thing. There's a couple of theories. So the first one is she's Luke's kid, which I think is implied from the end scene, which is pretty obvious, be the lightsaber calling to her when she's at Maz's in the basement. And so she then, could be like she could be like ten years older than than no, she's definitely young. younger than Kylo. That's what I meant. Ten, that's what I meant. Ten years younger than Kylo, and that way maybe like when maybe she was just I don't know. I guess she would have been too I'll, young if I'll it would have been. When, I'll get there. Okay. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. And then C when. So the biggest plot hole, I think, for me is just R2-D2 just waking up conveniently at the end to give him the rest of the map. Um, and it just makes absolutely no fucking sense. The only thing that I could theorize of why is because uh, Ray is a Skywalker, and this is the first time she's at the Resistance base. And that's why R2 wakes up, because it's like Luke's kid. Which, okay, I, I'll buy that, if that's true. Mm-hmm. So the other theory is that she's Han and Leia's kid. So the way that would work is – oh, the other thing about Luke is it's pretty obvious the parallels between her growing up alone in Jakku and him growing yeah. up in the desert in, in Tatooine. T- Tatooine. Yeah. Okay, so Han and Leia. So one thing is she grew up right next to the Millennium Falcon. So that's – okay, sure. Maybe that's a sign. Two, she knows how to fucking fly the Millennium Falcon perfectly. Three, Han Solo – likes her like right away and so does Chewie and I think he uses some kind of same line he uses because he says something to Chewie about uh or something to Leia like Chewie really likes you and he says the same thing to Ray. so maybe it's just them being able to like have a familial bond etc or it could um, be the or it could just be them wanting to like repeat lines from the sure. old movies to do <laughs> yeah, that it could just, be to, that just to do it um and then you have the obvious parallels between Ray and Ren and their names um, the things that go against the actually another thing that goes for the theory is uh, Leia. If right at the end of the movie, when Ray first gets to the base, when they save her from Star Killer Base, when they get to the Resistance Base, rather, you see Chewie is walking right past Leia, and Leia just walks right past him to go give like a motherly hug, basically to Ray, someone she's never seen before, someone she's never met before. Uh, apparently, yeah, I did notice that, um, and I noticed it more heavily the second time I watched the movie. Um, the things that really kind of go against this theory is a, why would no, there, there was literally no verbal indication from Leia or anyone. Like, why would they not say something about the, why would Leia not tell Han? Cause like Han, if Han knew Han is not even concerned at all when she gets captured by Kylo and taken to the base. Um, so there, the, and the thing is there's, there's really no mind wipe thing that's happened in the old movies, but I assume since the jedi can use these mind tricks on stormtroopers that maybe in the universe there's some way that the jedi can use mind tricks to make people forget things that's the only thing i can really make sense of um and then it just doesn't really make it wouldn't really make any sense that han and leia would just not say anything or not know but it would also be interesting for han to have another kid that he never knew about and dying without knowing that kind of just makes his arc a little bit sadder and she watched him die, and that's her dad, and she doesn't know. Um, and then I think it's interesting the way that Kylo treats her when she's captive, and he keeps calling her the girl rather than anything else. And maybe Kylo knows that it's his sister. Maybe Kylo mind-wiped his parents or something. Maybe Luke did it and took her away. Um, so I think it's I think it's possible because there's obviously going to be some kind of redemptive arc now for Kylo. And I think it's much stronger if he's her brother rather than her cousin, personally. To me, there's no doubt she's Luke's kid or Han and Leia's kid. But, um, yeah, that's what I got.
I, I just got out of it like at 10 something last night and I was laying around in bed for half of the day with a headache. So I really just haven't had as much time to think of these different conspiracy theories. I mean, I guess any, any of them seem really possible to me. I, I guess it was just like, I was trying to think, just think of ways in which, uh, she could be anyone else's daughter and just how they would not know about it. Like what, what did you, what did you, we, we touched on it at the very beginning of the podcast. What did you make of, did you read anything into, uh, Luke's face when he saw her, his Mark Hamill's great performance there. Um, no, I mean I think that it's it's sort of like a, oh my god, like it's you kind of thing. Um, so there is some recognition there in your opinion. I think so personally. What do you think? It's hard to say because he, he it could just be he's obviously been living like a hermit for a long time. It's this is what I think we're supposed to be gathering. He self imposed exile type thing. So it could also just be shock at seeing another person, let alone another person holding a lightsaber and handing it to him. Because th- that could just that would just be weird if he'd been on his own forever, uh, for or not forever, but for a very long time. But it's like I I'd seen somewhere maybe like when when Kylo messed up the Jedi training program, he could have just like dropped his daughter off at J- Jakku just to keep her safe, and like kind of in the same way Luke, he might have been abandoned when he was younger. Um, so that may, I guess I was trying to think if that would have made sense with the age gap between her and Kylo if. Kylo was old enough to have done it at that point. Would she have been young enough at that point to then not remember what had happened? Um, with, 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 is that age gap makes sense? Well, it's possible that, about that it's possible she could have been his sister and been there too. But since he hasn't seen her in twenty years, that she looks different yeah. and he doesn't know. Did we? So, or do we know that that happened twenty years ago? The thing. Well, with no, the, I'm just. I'm just. I, I didn't know. I didn't know if we knew when the um, Kylo busting up the Jedi training program happened. If they, I couldn't remember if they gave us a timeline on that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, the longer ago it happened, the more I can conceive of that being a thing where yeah. everything went south with that. And Luke just thought, wow, I'm really in danger. I need to go save my daughter and drop her off somewhere deserted. Yeah. Um, so that, that in theory makes a lot of sense to me, but, um, I really hadn't, I really just haven't had time to speculate since I just saw it recently and just haven't had much time to read up on everything. But sure. I mean, everything, everything you said, uh, made sense and I don't really quite, like I said, the old mythologies is not quite fresh enough for me to really fully flesh these things out. Um, the other thing I would say is, you know, so it kind of it goes unnoticed because it's right at the beginning of the movie. But so Max von Sydow is the guy who gives Oscar Isaac the map right at the beginning, and yep. he's basically Obi Wan for Ray. That's my theory, right? So you know how Obi Wan was just sitting in Tatooine watching over uh, Luke from afar. Since, because he they're in Jakku at, at that point when the when he's giving yeah. Oscar Isaac the map, so I assume that he's there as a, like a Jedi watching over Rey while she lives there. It could make sense because um, it was a very very uh, brief use of a two time Oscar winning Oscar nominated actor, so you could see them. It makes sense that maybe hey, why is that guy there if you're just going to kill him in ten minutes or five, less than that? Maybe they're going to want to bring him back to have some flashback scenes or something involving him and Ray. Yeah. And, and you have or to just rem- him watching Ray or something. And you have to remember Kylo knows him because when Kylo gets off the ship and he's talking to him, he says, you've gotten old and he's like, well, you don't know. I know where you come from, your family, etc." So they know each other. So it's, it's probable that Max von Sydow was training with Luke and them and helping Luke when Kylo was doing his Jedi training to me. Yeah. I think that's very conceivable. Yeah. Um, Okay, so do you want to talk about Poe and Finn? Yeah, well, like I don't know if there's a whole lot to say about Poe. I mean, he was Oscar Isaac, great. He was, he was obviously a pretty played a fighter pilot pretty well, but he, I mean, he, he's he's kind of he's the dude for the first fifteen minutes of the movie, and then he comes back for about ten minutes at the end, and that's about it. So, like, I thought he did what he was asked really well, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in an expanded role within this universe. I mean, but. I'm just not sure if there's a whole ton to say about that character yet. Yeah, no, I mean, I wish he was in it more. Uh, he was he was pretty good comic relief and pretty good just all around bright, positive energy throughout the movie. Uh, I'm sure Rachel would say something about his lovely face and all that, so I'll throw that in there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he was good, but he really was in the backseat relative to Finn and Ray. Do you think and... they? Do you, what do you think of him just like popping up at the end and being like, "Yeah, I just woke up somewhere." Like I knew he wasn't. Like, I knew he wasn't dead. So, because like, I'd seen the previews and I knew he was going to be in at least one more scene. So, like that wasn't really suspenseful for me if they wanted it to be because of how they cut the trailer. 
but do you think we needed well, more I think it was... of how he just got off Jack U? No, no, I don't okay. think so. I think it was more for Finn's arc rather than Poe's, personally. Gotcha. Because gotcha. Finn thinks he's dead, so he needs to like get this droid to the Resistance, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. but okay, so Finn, Finn's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was good the way they had him in the battle first before we knew who he was and just showing him not shooting his his blaster and. Watching his friend die in front of him and all that. Should have shot it and missed on purpose. Because they were like talking about later how we're going to go inspect your gun or yeah. whatever. Like, yeah. Could have just shot it so they knew you discharged the weapon even yeah. if you didn't kill anyone. Yeah, but, you know. <laughs> that's a minor thing. I was That's what I thought when I'm like, oh, that's a thing they can do. Maybe he should have known that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah you no, know, yeah. it was cool. I thought this seeing him with that, seeing how he was acting with, with the helmet still on, it still obviously conveyed what that character is going through internally in a very effective way, even though we couldn't see his face. I thought that was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the stormtrooper background thing is interesting. It's kind of a little plot holy that he's been with them since he was like five. And then all of a sudden he's just having this like remorse and regret about being a stormtrooper. But I guess he was a janitor before basically. And then now it's just like his first battle. But I don't know. It's just kind of interesting. How, how, strange there's so many. Because, there's so many stormtroopers. Yeah. How does like only one have like a develop a conscious out of all the yeah. all of them? Yeah. I well, mean, I think that's why Captain Phasma was there because she's like, well, we checked him out and that was only his first offense. You know, basically, if they have more than one offense, we don't send them back out there. But I don't know. It was it was interesting. Um, one thing I'll say about about the plot is the whole stuff with the the. The resistance, the first order, and then the Senate is just so strange. It doesn't really make any sense. We're not really explained. What's the difference between the Senate, the Republic, and the resistance? And then, I mean, we know what the first order is. They're the evil bad guys. But, like, I just, I don't know. Did they talk about the Senate that much in The Force Awakens? Well, no, because they blew up their fucking planet. Yeah. It's just, but, but, like, what I'm saying is why is there a resistance when there is a Republic? Like... Is that the army for the Republic? Uh, I don't know. It's just kind of strange. Kind of, that's really make kind of sense. what I thought. I wasn't. I didn't concern myself too much with it. But yeah, I guess the parties could. You could. I mean, if there's any, I guess you could have a little more of a clear idea of what the parties are. But yeah. Um, I mean, was there anything else you want to say about Finn? Though we, we only talked about him for a couple yeah, seconds. I feel, yeah, like, um, I feel like he's going to be a pretty critical guy going forward, and we got to see a lot more of him than we did of uh, Poe. Yeah. No. I mean, I think he was really good with with his interactions with Ray and, and I loved him pretending to be a resistance guy. And I loved Harrison Ford talking to him about girls always finding out and, and him talking to R2D2 and the thumbs up with the, with the lighter and all that. I thought that was really good. That was, cool. or that, that was a BB eight. BB eight. Sorry. Sorry. Then, um, um, I liked how the thing towards the end where he's like, we can just use the force. Yeah. That's <laughs> not how the force works. I laughed at that, even though it was a pretty easy joke to make. Yeah, no, I thought it was. I thought it was really cool. It was a. It was a, just a different kind of interpretation of. Seems uh, like they might be getting out a much more of a backstory for him too. Yeah. Well, maybe more about it as well because that's a pretty, int- the way they go about acquiring their stormtroopers in the first place seems like pretty pretty effed up. Yeah, so. there's so there's. I mean, not to get into more theory but it's possible that he's either samuel jackson's grandson or lando carlissian's grandson too um just based on on race and everything that would be i mean it would be too much i don't want there to be this whole fucking same lineage but considering how few black people there are in these movies yeah they they kind of bring speculation upon themselves and there's no asian people and there's just it's just all white people and and then samuel l lando and finn and then aliens (laughs) <laughs> shit um yeah i don't i i don't know i feel like i had a lot more to say about finn but i'm just not really sure i mean he was good john boyega was good he's really charismatic another guy i mean yeah. that's that's the thing about the casting it's like he he really he made the choice to do it um essentially what george lucas did and cast unknown people for a lot of these roles and really like he didn't have a lot to go off of besides the auditions john boyega had done one movie and daisy Ridley had never done any so you go back and um Look at what happened in the prequels and how that can go wrong at the same time. Even if you have people that are technically a little older and yeah. and that you're trying to cast, maybe it could easily it could easily go south. And he had, had very little to go off of. I think I saw somewhere Daisy Ridley auditioned for like seven months or some, over. It was like a seven month process or something like that. So mm-hmm. 
they were very thorough and did a really good job. I mean, John Boyega is really charismatic. I'd never seen him in anything aside from like those four episodes of the 24 miniseries he did. I, I, I plan on going to watch Attack the Block at some point. And nothing else you can see Daisy Ridley in. And so they're really good and they didn't really... It's cool to see people that you've never really seen do anything before because we don't see a ton of movies like that. Like, when was the last movie we went into this year where we didn't know anyone that was in it? Or there, there were prominently featured characters that we'd never seen in anything else before. Yeah. Yeah. Has there been has there been one movie like that we've seen, we've watched this year? Uh, I don't really think so. Mistress America, maybe. I mean, yeah, I had seen Greta Gerwig and stuff, and I guess for the most part, the rest of those were unknowns. Um, but yeah, it's just not a common thing to, especially for when you're in, you have such a massive budget. And Gem and the holograms. <laughs> good, 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 good one. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I guess it, you know people are going to go see it anyway. So I don't know how big of a risk it is, but like you're tied to these people for another two movies, so you don't want to be like you don't want to have the same criticisms leveled at, levied at you that they did with the prequels. So it's a big risk by doing the unknown thing. They're not doing that with the Han Solo spinoff. The um, the guys that did. 21 Jump Street and the Lego movie, they're doing the they're doing that. And they're casting a bunch of guys that we've heard of or in the process of like auditioning a bunch of guys that we have heard of to play the young Han Solo. So they're doing something unique with the with the main with the main franchise here by continuing to do this thing where they go with unknown people and it and it worked out well. And uh like like cause they gave I'd say um Ray had a couple funny moments, but they definitely used Finn more a little more for comic relief throughout, but he was also asked to do just as much dramatic stuff too. And he, and he handled it really well. Um, so good for him. I don't really know what else to say. Yeah, it's interesting because like him and – so Finn and Ray are both such broken characters really in terms of just their emotional state and this guy leaving the First Order and, and having to overcome. It's So it's funny because they had that, that scene where he's getting Poe out of Starkiller base and Poe is like, why are you helping me? And he says, it's the right thing to do and it's like – Man, like that's good. The stormtrooper is realizing like right from wrong, and then immediately Bo just goes, "You need a pilot," and he goes, "I need a pilot," and it's like <laughs> interesting because he needs to he needs to get out of there, but he also he also does believe that it's the right thing to do. So it's just like an interesting little dynamic for him. Um, and then Ray is obviously just so much going on with her and just waiting for her family, but they're never coming back, etc. So I'm really excited to just get some more story, like you said on 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 all of them um Bo probably has the least interesting of the four backstory i mean we don't know obviously but all we know is that he was the best the fighter the, the resistance best pilot I'm yeah sure there c- could be more there but it seems like he probably just has a traditional yeah upbringing maybe yeah um but I, i'm i'm overall I'm, pr- I'm pretty happy with it and and i mean i'm a huge adam driver fan so uh my love for kylo probably stems a little bit from that but i think kylo's just the best character but that was really cool because I, I meant to talk more about that because I ne- we never like we thought it, we thought we both thought he was good before he saw this, but you never seen him do anything act, like that. Yeah. I mean, well, <laughs> I think you'd seen him act. Anyone that knew him before this knew him from Girls for the most part, probably, and he's done a lot of uh, some other movies and stuff. But in Girls, I don't even. How do you even sub- de- describe what Adam Sackler is on Girls? He's just like he's a he's a crazy eccentric dude that just lives in like an apartment that ha- doesn't have a TV, and he just sits there and does woodworking and. He's, he, you know, he, you know, he was an alcoholic, and he probably had a weird background. But he's just like he's nice at times. He's fucking off his rocker at times. He's almost seems bipolar. And uh, and we saw while we we're young, and that he was like a just a chill hipster dude. And he's and really good. And this is where I leave you. This is where I leave you. He's a um. He's like the player. He's like the he's like a smooth with the ladies, like smooth talking player. So he can do all these different things, and it's and cool to inside, see him add inside, another th- inside Lewin Davis too. Well, he was that's a very small part, but he was just like kind of a country d- bumpkin that that's what was I'm there saying, to was crazy. say a couple things there. So he, yeah. the guy can the guy can do anything, and but when he got cast in this, I don't think I'd seen any of other stuff besides Girls because I've watched Girls yeah. since I jumped in the middle of season one. So it's kind of funny just to see him when he's cast there, and you only know him from Girls, and you hear he's going to be the villain in a Star Wars movie. You're like, what the hell? But now, like going into this, I, I'd seen him do three different three different things like those are all minor movies that we just mentioned but he shows different variations different types of people on each of them so really talented dude and props to them for just seeing that potential in him based on just girls which is such a fucking weird person that he plays on that show yeah yeah i agree i agree um so i guess two other little things i want to talk about were so andy circus 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 he's playing uh 
He's playing Snoke, right? And so you don't just cast this guy. He's not going to have an important role. So I assume he's going to be the Palpatine in this trilogy. And then Lupita plays Maz, who I actually didn't even I didn't even know that was Lupita. Um, but I, I think it's fair to say that even though they bombed Maz's place, that she's still alive. Because she also has that little line where she says, uh, it's a story for another time when she's talking about the lightsaber and how she came to have it. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be I think it'll be really good because uh, Lupita is not really someone you just hire and publicize to play one scene with a twenty minute scene and then um, so so it'll be good. I'm really excited. Well, they for... did it with da- they did it with Daniel Craig. Did you catch that? Yeah, he's a stormtrooper. Yeah, I didn't. I, I I like my friend told me before we went in that he was in it, and I'm like, yeah. okay. And he even told me he was a stormtrooper, and I just totally forgot about it afterward. Yeah. And he's like, "Did you catch it?" I was like, "Oh, well, it must be the one other talking stormtrooper part." Yeah. <laughs> that was just a funny little throwaway thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, good on Daniel Craig to 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 do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm overall, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, there's definitely. You're, it seems like you were pleasantly surprised by, like, even though you had some criticism of this, you were pleasantly surprised by how much you enjoyed this, these last 10 days and just jumping in or yeah, this last I mean, week and jumping in everything. I mean, I don't really, like, love the whole saga, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. But, I mean, yeah. it's also – I also want to – I also have to give it a chance if I'm going to – if I'm going to, A, talk about it and B, kind of You were of pretty skeptical. It. So it seems like you were pleasantly surprised given how skeptical you'd been beforehand. Yeah, I mean the prequels are not very good. Um, I think, even, the, even the biggest fanboys wouldn't try and tell you that, though. Yeah, and and going back to what you said about the casting thing, I mean they couldn't really do fucking worse than Hayden and Mark Hamill. So, so they they I don't think they were too worried. Not a hard, high bar to jump. What else? Anything else? No, we've gone. People, probably, hopefully, any, anyone listening at this point has enjoyed it and isn't like begging us to turn it off because this has already been our longest podcast. Yeah, even to the ones where we talked about two movies. Yeah, so. no, but I mean, I think I think a lot of people are are going to see it's this movie it. for a movie this big. It's worth and it. Have I seen it, and I I mean, half of this is just me with fan theories about characters. So whatever, yeah. I think people will buy into that, right? Why not? Over, yeah. So just to finish off, though, overall, I mean, do you think this will be in your top twenty movies for this year? Like, yeah, I'm trying yeah, to... yeah. I I would say it's definitely in the top twenty. Um, but just just going I'm having back... trouble ranking against the other action franchise type movies I've seen, but it's definitely at least in. I know it's within that for me, and we've seen a lot of movies. Yeah, so it's yeah. good. Yeah, no, it was good. I mean. I'm just so glad that it was better than than Star Trek. And you know what? One one other thing I wanted to say, and it's crazy to say this in this age of everything being so fucking gritty, like Man of Steel and whatever. But I actually think that this movie could have been could have served a little better by being maybe even a little more grittier. But I I understand that's just me, and, and that's not how Star Wars is, and that this is a very traditional good yeah, versus evil hero versus villain story, which is fine. I just think that. Kylo could have been just a little bit more uh, grittier, and it might have it might have served it well. But yeah, yeah, I feel like yeah, I guess, and maybe that's what I was getting at when I was saying I could have had more of just even more of him. Um, I mean, but like I don't know if that's really his personality though. Regarding kind of talking about how how troubled he is, uh, does that jibe with like the rest of the backstory they're trying to give him? If you make him more gritty, we're already trying to see how. Like maybe there's some he's a little conflicted with whatever light is calling him. I mean, maybe you could like if you double down more on the gritty stuff, does that other stuff come through in the same way? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's interesting, but um, but definitely a fascinating guy. And I, I get what you're saying. You want to see more of him before you bestow that awesome villain title upon him. Yeah, but cause, cause definitely like, a guy that I'm glad it's coming back. Vader wasn't really pushed until until Empire Strikes Back anyway. You know, yeah. Vader was introduced in New Hope, but not in the same way that he he takes hole in in Empire Strikes Back. So yeah. I think it's I think it, once we watch the next two movies, we'll have a better understanding. Um, but yeah, so that's you know that's our episode on on Star Wars. This is uh, yeah. not episode seven for us, but it's episode seven for Star Wars. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we'll probably have a couple more of these podcasts uh, in the next week and a half because uh, we're on our break from school. So you might have to deal with me sounding worse than Anthony a few more times. But I think there's still a few more movies that we both want to see before we get back to being in the same city again. Um, I think the one we're most excited to talk about is probably Concussion. Concussion. Tell the truth. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think we'll do that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know I, I, I'm a little disappointed that the reviews for Joy aren't good, but I think it's going to be interesting if we watch that and talk about why it might not measure up to some of David O. Russell's last few movies. 
I decided I tried to watch I Heart Huckabees the other night, and that definitely isn't my kind of movie. Um, so yeah, maybe those two, and maybe The Big Short. Um, yep. I think I might have seen that, and those might be the three we'll aim for. Yeah, I think I'm seeing Hateful Eight on Sunday, but I'll watch it again with you when we get Sunday. back. It oh, comes yeah. out here Sunday at least. Oh I, oh, I didn't realize that. I thought it was just New York and L.A. Well, it's coming here, so we're going to okay. see it. <laughs> he, he's in the D.C. area. I'm I'm in small town Panhandle, Florida, so not quite not quite, not an option for me until uh, New Year's Day, I guess, or New Year's Eve. Yeah. So, all right. Well, if if I end up seeing that um, when it gets here the next week, because I guess they moved up that release date. Um, yeah, they moved it to the first, right? So yeah, they broke it up with the Revenant, which is probably smart. So yeah, so thanks. You know, again, we'd love, I'd love for you guys to talk some more fan theories with me, especially people that know more about Star Wars and the fan fiction and the the books and all that uh, crazy stuff. So uh, Twitter, a clambake, a k l a m b a k e, and Josh at Josh Chernovoy, J o s h j u r n o v o y, and uh, we have a, a podcast email address fifty two in fifty two pod at gmail.com 52in52pod at gmail.com email us email rachel she'll forward those to us we'll get back to you guys anything comments questions movies whatever uh thanks for listening hope you guys are having a good holiday season and we'll get back to you guys with uh, another movie episode soon peace thank you